It's Tuesday. It is beautiful. It's 10 o'clock and it's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, my name is Tim Harris, pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church. Uh, we take 10 minutes, give or take a minute, uh, each day, Monday through Friday, go verse by verse through the Word of God. We are in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. I'm so glad you're with me. Love you so much. Thanks for uh, for making this a priority, uh, for making your spiritual life a priority. Um, I love this passage. I just do so much. Uh, today in reading, um, I mean, the Paul and Silas in jail, that's just you know always going to be one of my favorite stories. I love that. But I'm just really drawn to this story about the slave girl that goes into it, starting in verse 16. Paul says, one day we're going down to the place. Okay, let me start right there. Luke says, because Luke is writing the book of Acts, and I failed to mention this yesterday, but if you look back in chapter 16, verse 10, something amazing happens in the narrative, and if you blink, you'll miss it. Notice how... Um, Notice how Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia, Galatia, because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word. Uh, that night they had a vision, come over to Macedonia. Uh, so we decided to leave from Macedonia. So at that point in the book of Acts, it goes from they to we, which just tells us that, that from this point on, Luke is a part of the mission. He doesn't really write himself a big part, but but Luke is now a partner with, with Paul and Silas and Timothy. There are four of them, and Luke is in the party. From now on, you know, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, it's we. Do you see that? It's just a real subtle shift in pronouns, but it signals the fact that Luke, the author of the book of Acts, is now traveling with Paul. I just think that's kind of cool. So one day we were going down to the place of prayer, Luke says, and I met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. The Greek there is she had a, a python spirit, a pythonic spirit. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's a good job for somebody. Somebody look up pythonic spirit or python spirit and report back and tell us what that is, okay? Somebody Google that, do some research and report back. The rest of us are dying to know. I didn't have a chance to look it up. So somebody look that up. She has a pythonic, a python spirit. It allows her to tell the future. Uh, she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Man, when I read that uh, early this morning, my first thought was she is she's in double bondage. You know, she's a slave girl, but she's a slave. You know, to to those who own her, uh, her masters, and she's a slave to her demon. And it just breaks my heart for her. You know, she's she's in double bondage, and nobody nobody cares about her. Now she's worth something to her masters. It says she's worth the money that she makes for them, but make no mistake, they couldn't give two cents for her life. You know, they don't value her. Um, and that's just evil. That's typical. The, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says. He is the enemy of life. He comes to steal, kill life, remove life, erase life, and only Jesus gives life. So again, this poor girl's in double bondage, uh, bondage to evil masters, bondage to an evil spirit, and nobody in the world gives two cents about her life. On top of that, the next day, and I think this is just funny, next day, uh, uh, she just starts following Paul and all of them around, saying, these are servants of the Most High God. You know, they've come to tell you how to be saved. You know, you just think, oh, you know, thanks. You know, free publicity. You know, this is back before there was CFR and Christian Radio, and man, you, you got a big mouth girl walking around screaming, hey, you know, come find out how to be saved. Uh, you know, what sounds like, you know, Everybody wins, you know, only mm, this drives Paul up the wall. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, some people are like, well, what's the problem? Isn't she telling the truth? 
Well, I think there's several ways to look at it. First off, yeah, yeah, you could say she's telling the truth. The Most High God, He is the God is the Most High God, and they are going to tell you how to be saved. So they are servants of the Most High God, and they are going to tell you how to be saved. Promise, she won't shut up. You know, she won't shut up. And they're here to preach. You know, it's like hoping to draw a crowd so they hear them talk and not hear her talk, you know? I mean, you say, you know, when could speaking the truth ever be a bad thing? Well, speaking the truth becomes an obstacle to the truth if it keeps you from doing the truth. And Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy are here to preach the truth, to preach the gospel, but she won't stop running her mouth. She won't stop screaming. She won't stop shouting. It's it's the devil in her, you know, who's just, you know, uh, distracting and, 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 and primarily understand. The devil cares less if you tell the truth. He don't want you to do the truth. So he just lets her blab on and then nobody ever gets to preach, you know, because she won't be quiet. You know, the other part of this for me, just as a pastor, is uh, uh, it just reminds me how intoxicating praise is. You know, at first, before it, you know, started just really flying up Paul's nose, it was probably, you know, kind of nice to have somebody, you know, who understands how important you are. And man, you know, she's going to draw a crowd telling everybody, you know, man, servants of the Most High God, man, these guys... These, these guys will tell you, man, they will preach to you. I mean, gosh, who doesn't like to hear somebody, you know, telling everybody good things about them, you know? I think it's just a reminder that when people, um, when people butter you up, when people flatter you, when people praise you, it's probably always important to stop and try to discern the spirit behind their, you know, praise, behind their perception of you. You know what I'm saying? I think the devil can use praise in some really sinister ways to distract us, to destroy us, to keep us from doing the truth, you know? Uh, anyway, that, that's probably enough about her. Also, one more thing about her. Uh, God Most High uh, sounds like a very true and innocuous thing to say, but remember, God Most High is really ambivalent kind of phrase in the ancient Roman Empire, and it was a title for Zeus. So, she could say that, but she could say that about a lot of people. It's not necessarily pointing to the most high God, you know, and, and also they're going to show you a way of salvation. Well, the, the emperor was called a savior. So, so the language used there is so vague as to be very unhelpful. You, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, that, that, that's enough on her. Paul has enough. And so he uh, delivers her. He just says, hey, evil spirit, get out of her, you, you know? And so he drives the spirit out and instantly, man, she, you know, she's a new girl. She's also like now officially the worst psychic ever. <laughs> she doesn't have the evil spirit anymore. And so there's a, a beautiful play on words in the Greek here, and, and I love it. It says, you know, Paul drives the demon out, and it says instantly, the Greek says instantly, uh, and the devil left her, and their money left them. I mean, it's something like that. It, it's just that funny. Uh, the demon left her and, and the money left them. I mean, they, they saw instantly if she doesn't have her spirit, her python spirit, she's nothing to us. She's worthless to us. They lost their money, you know. And so instantly they begin to try and get revenge upon Paul. Now, several, again, interesting things here. Um, first off, I, I, it seems like in Scripture anyway, somebody always benefits when somebody else is in bondage. That's probably true in our own lives. I have to think about that. But I, I really do feel like I mean, 
very often somebody benefits when somebody else is in bondage. You remember when Jesus delivered Legion? You know, he was the man that lived among the tombs and the, 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 the spirits left him and ran into the pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff and then the pig farmers are all upset because they lost pigs, you know. It seems like in the Bible, one way or the other, every time somebody gets set free, somebody else loses some pigs, you know what I mean? And in this case, they lost their pig, and I don't mean to say that. I'm not calling this dear girl a pig, but that's, that's what she's worth to them. When somebody gets set free, somebody else loses some pigs, and, and so they're not at all happy about it. So Paul and Silas are uh, arrested. Uh, the, um, the, the, the complaints, I mean, when the masters go uh, to, to stir up the crowd, the mob against Paul, notice that mostly their language is, is, is kind of patriotic. It, it's racist. I think that the charges against Paul and Silas are primarily racist. And I say this for a couple of reasons, but the main one is Paul and Silas are arrested, Luke and Timothy are not. Luke and Timothy are obviously Greek. Paul and Silas are obviously Jews. There's no synagogue in town. This place is probably not a very friendly place to Jews. And so, although they don't come out and say it, it's, it's, a, it's a racist. It's, it's, you know, these guys are trying to teach customs that, you know, our kind of people don't believe in, you know. So it, it's probably primarily, you know, anti-Semitic. They're Jewish and that's probably part of what lands them in jail very quickly. I know you know the, the story in the Philippian jail. Um, uh, they, they sing, Paul and Silas never change their tune. I think that's amazing. We talked yesterday about the, all the opening and closing of doors that gets them to Philippi. Man, I'm telling you one thing. If they beat me naked and, and then you know threw me in the, 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 under the jail for the night you know, with open wounds, and you know, I'm hurting, I'm bleeding, I'm still naked, I'd probably be saying, man... I sure thought, God, you were sending me to Philippi, but I, I guess I messed up. I must have missed the Holy Spirit. You know, if, if it all went that wrong for me, I'd probably immediately think, well, you know, I must have missed God. Surely God didn't mean me to come here. But Paul and Silas never do that. They never, for, I mean, in the, in the bottom of the jail, you know, open wounds bleeding, you know, that they're singing songs to God and praising God. They never for a moment doubt that God brought them there. And I just find that amazing. Uh, my time is up, so, so I'll be fast. Uh, 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 earthquake, you know, uh, you know the story. The, the, the jailer comes out. All the prisoners are still there. Uh, the, 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 the jailer gets saved with all of his family. I, I love that. He dresses their wounds, which is a beautiful sign of his new heart, his new life. Uh, and then he said, Paul says, oh, by the way, uh, we're Roman citizens. Uh, it's, it's a little part in the end of the story. But the, but the jailer says, well, you know, the, the leaders say y'all can go free. The judge says y'all can go free. So, you know, hey, you know, congratulations, you're free men. And Paul says, yeah, not so fast. We happen to be Roman citizens. I think it's Amazing that Paul didn't bring this up till now, because this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Paul says, uh, if I fail to mention it, we're Roman citizens. We'd kind of like a really nice police escort out of town with an apology. You know, ooh, Paul's awesome, man. He is awesome, man. You know, ice in his veins, man. I'll tell you, he is something else. Uh, we're Roman citizens. Notice after that, man, when the police reported this, city officials were alarmed. Okay, why are they alarmed? Because this is a big deal. Um, Roman citizens had rights and, and, and you, it was a very, very serious offense to deny a Roman citizen his rights. 
And so Paul and Silas have been mistreated as Roman citizens in a Roman colony. And the magistrates understand that if, if, if this gets out, if Paul and Silas report us, they could lose their jobs. The magistrates could be removed from their political positions. The, the whole Roman colony of Philippi could be shut down by Rome over this. They know this. And Paul and Silas know this. That's what I'm saying. How did they not bring that? I'd have been saying that, you know, when they were beating me with rods, you know. But Paul saves that somehow for, you know, after breakfast. Um, so, yeah, we kind of like a personal apology, and, and they get it, man. I mean, the bachelors come, and they, they apologize. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. But could you please still leave town? We're so sorry. But could you leave? Paul says, I reckon we could probably leave. But I love Paul because they do leave, but they lollygag, y'all. I mean, notice that. They they go by the house of Lydia. They stop. They go through the drive through at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Paul takes a nap under a tree at the square. I mean, you know. He is in no hurry, and you just got to love Paul. I mean, he is such a godly man, but he, he does have an attitude sometimes, and I love it, man. I tell you, he is cool. Um, he leaves town, but he ain't in no hurry to leave town because he knows good and well they can't do nothing to him now. He's a Roman citizen. Go, Paul. Go, Silas. Uh, go, Luke. Go, Timothy. Pick up right there, chapter 17, verses 1 to 15. I, I had a really good time with that today, guys. I'm sorry. I love that passage, and I love you guys. Have a great day. See you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, Lord willing. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 15. Have a beautiful Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow.